Welcome to part three of Health System CIO's interview with Dr. Stephanie Lahr, CIO and CMIO at Regional Health. In this segment, she talks about the myriad benefits in having physician leaders with an interest in technology, the difficult balance of leading a large team while also leveraging her informatics knowledge to identify areas for improvement, and the enormous potential that AI offers beyond just being a cool new technology. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. I would imagine it, it challenged to manage the roles. I mean, certainly in some areas, like you said, it would make sense and there's overlap, but in other areas, I, I imagine it's a challenge and probably really critical to have good team, good people that, that can that absolutely can need it. Yeah, so I would say the only reason I'm able to do the combined role of CIO and CMIO is because of the fabulous team of both leaders as well as the other caregivers that are on my team. The IT division is a wonderful group of people, and the directors that I have working for me do an amazing job in their areas and are real experts in each of those areas. So we're able to problem solve and manage things together. The other thing that has happened since I arrived was I started a process of sort of cultivating additional physicians to work in um, informatics and IT. So I have now an associate medical information officer that is two-thirds time essentially with us, going to three-quarters. So she is an urgent care provider and spends a lot of her time with us. So she has a more ambulatory focus, which then allows her to spend time thinking about the improvements and workflows and efficiencies um, and problem solving in the ambulatory environment. My background is as a hospitalist and hospital medicine, and so I still hold on to a lot of the informatics and problem solving on the inpatient clinical side of things, but that probably is the hardest part about the combined role, finding that balance between the needs of leading and and managing a large division, you know, with just over 200 employees but also being able to have the time to use the informatics knowledge that I've gained over time to figure out when there are process improvement opportunities, for example, in the hospital or across the system, what's the best way to use technology to do that. Um, And so it's an ongoing assessment of the balance and do I have it quite right or do I not? And if I'm off balance, how to try and get that balance back. Right. I'm sure that there was a learning curve going into that CIO role, and how was that something that you tried to navigate? So one of the things that I did was I went to a the Chime CIO boot camp. Okay. That was a really fantastic experience. I did that actually a handful of months before I became the CIO, and after the announcement had been made that that was going to be happening. It was great for two reasons. One, the content of the course is actually quite phenomenal and really gave me some exposure to thinking about things in a different way. 
It also introduced me to a number of really great CIO colleagues across the country that have allowed me to continue to utilize them as mentors and sounding boards over the time that I've been sort of growing and developing in this role. Right. I have a mentor also that, you know, the CIO that I worked for prior to coming here is still, you know, an active CIO, is still working in his career. I try not to, to bother my retired CIO very often because he is <laughs> retired after all, but Steve Garski is a, a good friend of mine. He's the CIO at CHLA, has lots of experience oh, and okay. comes at this from a very um, computer science technology background. So we're able to have really great conversations with different expertise coming into um, that leadership role. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And kind of along those lines, our audience is largely CIOs, although we have different C-suite executives, but when it comes to developing and maintaining strong relationships with physician leaders, do you have any best practices just coming from your experience and really what are the keys to that or just, you know, working towards better relationships? So I think having a physician-driven governing body of some kind that has a technology focus is really important. We have a, a group of physicians that are part of the leadership team and govern sort of where the organization is going. And we, from the technology side, try to participate and listen and learn where they are thinking they want to go and what kind of initiatives they have that we can then support. But that group is too busy with operational decisions to be spending time making decisions that are really much more technology and EHR focused. So we have another group of physicians. There's some overlap from those leaders, but in other cases, it's other physicians from across the system that participate in the Physician Advisory Committee for IT that we still meet every single month. And that's where we hash through the, you know, the questions about what are we going to do for a communication strategy? In fact, I feel like that's probably one of our biggest upcoming overarching needs to involve everyone um, opportunities is communication and how are we going to do that to other small things like what do we need to do to improve the order sets and how we're doing that or where are we with you know things that are more forward thinking with being able to do leveraging voice in different ways um, and getting their thoughts on what are the things that you know we should be pushing our EHR companies as well as our other vendor partners to say, this is what we need from you to really become better and become more efficient. And so um, having that physician group with that focus and the knowledge, I mean, the group that I have now, they've been in this role, most of them, since I got here just about three years ago, which means that they all, whether they realize it or not, have some informatics and technology expertise that a lot of their physician colleagues don't have, but they are then able to represent that back to the areas that they work in and bring forward those concerns. So I think that is probably the key, not just engaging with the physician leaders, but creating a group of physician leaders with a specific interest and focus around technology. Right. Makes sense. Now, looking at 2019, is there anything that stands out to you as really a, a big priority or really where you think that the team is, is going to be focused on most? 
I think it would be impossible to pick one thing. Given our uh, maturity, evolving maturity, and where we are in our EHR journey, we're at a point now where we're starting to get data. We have data in one EHR, but we really need to start leveraging the data that's there. So now that everyone is comfortable with Epic and we're starting to accumulate enough data to do something with, what are the next things that we need to do to make that data work for us? and either improve our processes or improve patient care either on a broad scale or even individually. So leveraging the data I think is going to be one of the major challenges and opportunities over the next couple of years. I think keeping up with advancing technologies and figuring out when, where, and how they're going to be relevant to healthcare, AI, machine learning, blockchain, those are things that are out there that lots of people are talking about. I absolutely think that they're going to have relevance in um, healthcare. It's just trying to figure out where they're going to fit best and how to use those to really improve things as opposed to using them for the sake of using them because they're new cool technologies. Security is absolutely going to be at the forefront. The more and more dependent we are on these systems, the more and more we risk when these systems um, aren't available or have breaches in some way. And so, you know, working cross-organization with our legal and compliance, as well as educating all of our caregivers and providers um, about how maintaining the security of our systems is sort of the job of everyone. We can, we can go out and buy tools to do certain things, but a lot of it is how we interact with the system. And then as we look at tools that can help provide security, making sure that we're not making ourselves secure, but at a major um, disadvantage then to the clinical workflow. We still have right. to be able to provide care and do a good job of that and have that be efficient um, without introducing things from a security standpoint that could get in the way of that. So security, absolutely. And then I think the, probably the final thing is what I was mentioning just a few minutes ago, communication. Right now, we have more tools than we know what to do with when it comes to communication. The day of the pager is almost behind us, but to be honest, it really isn't yet, even in healthcare, you know, where we have a lot of other cool emerging technologies, the pager still fits into a workspace that it's been difficult to fill with other technologies. There's secure messaging, there's secure email, there's messaging within your EHR, there are systems for alerting, all those kinds of things happen, but we have to be able to bring it together and figure out what's the right way at the right time for one person to be communicating with another and have a really overarching approach that webs things together in the same way we've done with the EHR. It all has to be connected so that we're not as disjointed in our communication. Yeah, right. So much there. And given your background, I, I can imagine that it's really exciting to think about getting to the next phase with, uh, with EHRs and data and, as you said, the fun part. So I'm sure that that is an exciting thing. Yeah, it's, it's the reason really to have set up the systems in the way that we have. Data capture is just data capture. There are great things about, you know, one patient at a time being able to, for example, share information through Care Everywhere and those kinds of things. But if we can really start to impact the 
patients on a more global scale and really start to see the, the benefits in our patients' health and wellness by leveraging data and finding you know, relationships or opportunities where we didn't see them before. The human mind isn't going to figure them out, right? That's where I think AI and machine learning is going to come in. There are relationships that are out there that are going to advance the practice of medicine, um, but we need a lot of data and some crunching of that data in order to figure out what some of those relationships are. So very, very exciting. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for your time and, and perspective. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to participate. It's been great. Thank you. Have a good Take care. Of your day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.